Every spring, the New Mexico Coalition to Enhance Working Lands, otherwise known as NMCOOL, convenes for an annual summit to highlight successful collaborations from the previous year and to look forward to future opportunities in the land of enchantment. We're taking a different approach to virtual events in 2021, and instead of our usual day-long summit, we're hosting this mini-podcast series to be followed by a short summit meeting on April 21st via Zoom. Our goal for the summit this year is to not only encourage folks to engage with the content of these interviews, but to give listeners the opportunity to do so from somewhere other than in front of your screens. I'm Steph-Marie Von Anken, Program Manager with Holistic Management International, and this is the NM Cool Podcast. I'll be your co-host for this series. Patricia Dowd in the virtual studio today. She is the program and policy associate with the Western Landowners Alliance. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me today. I'm Patricia Dowd, and I'm with Western Landowners Alliance. And WLA is an organization that was founded and led by landowners dedicated to the health and prosperity of working lands in the American West. And we're happy to be here talking with you today. Thanks. We're glad you're here in the studio as well, or in the virtual studio. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to lately and what your job is particularly with Western Landowners Alliance? Sure. I work on policy and program work with Western Landowners Alliance. And one of the things that I've been spending a lot of my time on over the past well, over a year has been leading a coalition effort to create an agricultural and natural resources trust fund in the state of New Mexico. And the goal of that is to have um, permanent statewide funding source for projects across the state that help maintain and improve wildlands, land, working lands, wildlife habitat, and both water quality and water quality. Oh my goodness, that's no small feat. Originally in 2019, WLA and our steering committee partners put together legislation to introduce a bill to create the trust fund. And the idea is modeled after other states who have trust funds and statewide funding sources across the West. Specifically, this was modeled after the Wyoming Wildlife and Natural Resources Trust Fund. The idea was to use Then, back then, when New Mexico had a surplus, it was the idea was to use some of the budget surplus to invest in agricultural lands, working lands, wildlife habitat, and water. And the goal is to create a restoration economy where there's ways to, you know, maintain what currently exists on the land and then improve conditions on the land. And the goal was to use some of the budget surplus to create this trust fund to bring in matching funds from federal programs. Many federal programs that fall under the Farm Bill conservation programs require state matching funds. And because New Mexico didn't have 
the state match, they were losing out on some funding. So the model that was created was very much, the idea at least was very much modeled around the Wyoming program, which in 2004 and 2005, I actually worked on that legislation in Wyoming to help create the program and have continued to work with my partners in Wyoming to learn more about implementation and some of the successes that they have had on the ground. So the bill was introduced in 2019. It was a bipartisan bill. It passed one chamber of the legislature and then ran out of time in the other chamber. So it was essentially dead in 2019. Then in 2020, we spent a lot of time in the interim addressing some of the issues and concerns that people had about this idea. And we brought a bill to the legislature in 2020 Again, it was supported and co-sponsors as a bipartisan effort, which was great. And the bill re- had a hearing in the state legislature in February of 2020, and the committee decided not to vote on the bill. They just wanted to hear more about what we had to um, present to them. So um, the committee hearing brought in a lot of questions. People did testify. There was no vote on the bill, and we were asked specifically by that committee to do more, to bring more partners and more you know, diverse voices into the process. And so that's what we did um, starting in February 2020 and March 2020, essentially. We made a whole plan on all the outreach work we're going to do across the state of New Mexico. We're basically going to have these listening sessions and get go on the road, kind of do a listening tour. And then, of course, COVID hit. And it changed, you know, it changed our game plan, but it didn't change our dedication to creating a trust fund that in the long term, you know, could be a way out of COVID and could help New Mexico recover economically and allow for a little bit more food security, hopefully with this legislation and allow for more resilient communities and more resilient natural resources. So starting in March of 2020, post-COVID, we redesigned our whole outreach plan. We redesigned our listening sessions and turned everything virtual. And we basically designed, the first session was a webinar that we hosted with a fabulous facilitator who helped us you know, with technology and helped us really create a list of questions that we were able to use to start the process of bringing people together to talk about what an agricultural and natural resources trust fund might look like in the state of New Mexico. And that first webinar, over 200 people participated. The thing I really enjoyed about that first webinar were the set of questions that people were asked prior to and during the webinar. And the biggest kind of takeaway that I heard from that, as well as from our own steering committee members, was they saw this as an opportunity for people across New Mexico to get to know and work with people and organizations whom they often didn't work with. And it was a great opportunity to build trust and new relationships and deepen current relationships across the state. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a lot of different organizations and stakeholders got involved and as you know, collaboration is a core ethic of NM Cool. It's what we're all about. So in your words, why is collaboration for working land stewardship in New Mexico important? And how does it happen in your work? 
I think collaboration is important because it brings in different types of people with different experiences on the ground and the collective and the collaborative approach in my opinion and ex- also in my experience creates for more lasting change sometimes it takes longer however the lasting impacts and the lasting success are always worth it in my experience there's you know twofold in terms of how we work in collaboration through the agricultural and natural resource trust fund process one is expanding our steering committee members to be more inclusive and more representative of people across New Mexico who have an interest and stake in the outcome of that. Our you know, steering committee member, and I don't want to list everyone because I don't want to forget anyone, but it ranges from you know the more traditional conservation organizations to the more traditional agricultural organizations, as well as a sequia and tribal representation. So that's been fantastic in terms of expanding that. And then our work during the interim, that served as an opportunity for us to hear from different types of people across the state of New Mexico. We hosted seven different listening sessions over the course of March 2020 through December 2020. And the stakeholder outreach process was amazing. We focused our listening sessions on different topics And consistently, we just heard over and over and over again, no matter what the topic was, there was support for a permanent statewide funding source for natural resource issues. And so during the listening session, topics ranged from restoration projects in New Mexico, and that looked at, you know, some of the large restoration projects that have been implemented with existing funding, and then looked at, okay, what could we do if we had additional federal funding coming into the state. We hosted a session where we could learn from the Wyoming and Oregon projects just to find out, okay, how did they set it up? What did things look like? What have the successes been and what could we learn from them? We also hosted a session focused on equity and natural resources. And it was a great session because we were able to acknowledge New Mexico's past to inform how we were going to move forward so that we could have more inclusivity and more equity in natural resource issues, whether it was a project, who gets funding, how we do outreach to different types of people across the state. We also focused on conservation easements and land acquisition, some of the existing programs in the state and some potential new opportunities based on the passage of the Great American Outdoors Act that happened at the federal level. We also hosted a session on tribal lands and tribal communities and looked at some of the successful projects that have happened thus far in New Mexico on tribal land and the ongoing needs throughout the state with all the different tribes and tribal representation in the state. And that was a fantastic session as well. And then we also did a session on acequias and agriculture. And we got to learn both from the Acequia Association as well as some organic farmers and ranchers who work their land in a traditional Asekia manner. So that was a way in which we focus on collaboration and coalition building. And each listening session was unique. It provided participants with opportunities to learn and connect with each other. It was a learning session where we would have presentation, but then we would break out into smaller working groups so we could actually have some time to talk with each other individually and have 
a little bit of relationship building as well. And then, you know, organizational participation varied. We had conservation groups, foundations, members of, you know, like Young Farmers Coalition, Asekia Coalition, conservation districts, a variety of different types of people participated. And it was great because even though COVID didn't allow us to meet in person, we were able to do this work and connect with you know, various organizations across the state. We had agency participation as well. And of course, tribal nation and tribal association participation. That's wonderful. It sounds like um, a very extensive list. What does the word community mean to you and how does it inform how you go about creating mutually beneficial partnerships and spaces? Yeah, I mean, in my personal life, I think about community as, you know, where I live and who I connect with and, you know, whether it's family, related family or friends who are like family. And I think about that, obviously, in my professional life and the ways in which we go about creating community. I always approach my work with an open heart and an open mind and open ears. And I'm, I love learning from other people and creating a, a space where we can learn from each other and bring out the best in each other, especially on a, a, on a project such as this that's legislative in nature and also needs the support of various interest groups across the state, the support of the legislature, the governor's office and agencies. So it's a big, it's a big task. And I've, when talking about this, everyone gets really excited about the idea and what that might mean for the state of New Mexico. And then some of the details are what is where there's differences of opinion on how we go about getting there. So it's being inclusive, listening, and taking best practices that have worked elsewhere and moving those forward for the state. And what are some of these key ingredients to successful collaborations? I know you said listening. What else was in there? Well, we have a steering committee that meets weekly. It's about, you know, being consistent in how we communicate with each other during our steering committee meetings. It's about, you know, listening and encouraging participation from everybody involved in the steering committee. If there is differences of opinion or any sort of tension within the within the steering committee or coalition as a whole. It's talking to people individually to find out what's going on, to just really focus on moving forward in a positive manner, in a way that is beneficial to the most people. And what lessons have you learned from collaborating on this project and others? A lot. I've always worked in coalition throughout my entire career, whether it was on the Wyoming Natural Resource and Wildlife Trust Fund or this effort here in New Mexico or some of my work that I've done in Montana and Colorado. It's about, you know, for me, I don't put myself first. I put the greater good first. I started working on this project in New Mexico in February 2020. And so I had a lot to learn. I showed up day one to the office in Santa Fe and we went to the Capitol and I didn't know anyone. And so 
I was very lucky to work with fantastic people, many of whom sort of adopted me, which I, I really appreciate and love that about New Mexico. And I love that about the West. It's a small town. I feel like the West is a small town. And I'm lucky to take lessons that I've learned in other places and bring them to this effort. And I'm very grateful for the director of the Wyoming Wildlife and Natural Resource Trust Fund, Bob Budd, who has brought his knowledge and shared his experience with the legislature and with our steering committee and during our listening sessions to help New Mexico kind of create this trust fund that'll be beneficial for everybody. And what do you think the best possible outcome is for this effort? So we decided in 2021, just because of COVID and a virtual legislative session, not to run a bill. We also are very mindful of the fact that the focus of the session in terms of budgetary items was to address COVID and emergency situations in the state, both health and food security wise. So we we decided not to run a bill and we have continued our outreach work. We've written some op-eds. We've continued to talk about the need for this, especially in the face of climate change. And we've continued to have conversation with agency directors and staff, members of the legislature and the governor's office. So following the session, now that everyone's had an opportunity to take a few deep breaths, we've gotten some additional information on New Mexico's budget situation. We are continuing to move forward with the effort and we're going to um, you know, talk with some of our partners in state government and various agencies and continue to move this effort forward for the 2022 legislative session. Wonderful. Already look into the future. We are continuing to move forward, looking towards 2022 legislative session and setting up some meetings and continuing our conversations with state agencies, as well as the governor's climate change working groups. And we're looking at a way for the trust fund to kind of meet some of the goals outlined in the climate strategy plan and are hoping to have a bill for 2022 that can really address climate recovery from COVID and help create more resilient communities across the state of New Mexico. That's a solid trifecta. Is there anything else you'd like to share that you feel is important for our listeners to hear, maybe where to learn more or how to get involved? One of the things that we created during the interim session last year was a report that was a summary of all of our listening sessions and some of our key findings. And I will provide information on where people can find that. Of course, please feel free to reach out to me if you have questions or want to get involved, especially as we move forward, um, you know, following some of the discussions we have with state agencies. There will be opportunity for some more work in terms of shaping the bill and what the priorities might be for that. And of course, reach out to any of our steering committee members, and that is also listed on the report that I'll share with you. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Patricia, for joining us. It's been really great getting to know you and getting to hear about the projects you've been working on for the past few years and currently, and we hope to hear more at the summit. Great. Thank you. I'm Steph Marie Von Aken, and that concludes our second episode of the NM Cool podcast. The summit this year is scheduled for April 21st at 10 a.m. Mountain Time via Zoom. For more information and to register for this year's summit, go to nmcool.org forward slash annual summit. That's nmcewl.org forward slash annual summit. 
This is one of a handful of podcasts the NM Cool Network will be releasing over the next few weeks leading up to the summit. Thanks for tuning in.